you know what today is? Today is in the day we're recording, or today is in the day that we're dropping? Today is in the day that we're recording. It's not my sister's birthday. No. But I panicked for a minute. Why would I be quizzing you about that? I mean, because you're a better sister than I? I don't know. Um, I don't. I, I give up. I really Today is a day we have a special guest on the podcast that I didn't clear with you first. It is our... Uh, I don't know if I'm prepared. I don't know if I'm prepared. <laughs> it is our our uh, mix engineer oh, th- and uh, language expert, Elliot. I thought that it was going to be... I, I really did think that you were going to tell me you were going to do it on the podcast tell me that you guys got a cat and i they can't see me i'm welling up i was so ready i was like oh my god it's happening this is it this is the time no it's not the time it's not happening it's not we had to patch elliot into our our skype call but um yeah the episode um the episode had a lot of words I could not pronounce because they are French, and then later on they get German. So uh, I was like, I can't do this on my own. Omelette so, du fromage. Omelette du fromage. So give us a sec while Croissant. we uh, we patch our our audio engineer in, and then our we expert, will, our language expert, linguist expert. Yes, he'll be saying some fancy French shit. And uh, it'll be no time for you, but it'll be several seconds for us. Okay, so we're okay. set to go. I hope. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. We have Elliot here. <laughs> He's going to pronounce all of the words that I can't. Because I'm annoying with languages and pronunciation. He's going to yep. mansplain. <sighs> He's going to mansplain some French shit. As to not uh, put off our French listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the story of a girl. You can't even Well. <laughs> Good start. I'm not going to tell you uh, what pop culture this has inspired. Everyone who's listening right now will know because it's the title of the episode. But Caitlin's going to learn in time Caitlin's with us as, as we do this. What else is new? Yeah, so um, to start, this is the story of the unknown girl. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Um, so the, as the story goes, in the late 1800s, the body of an unidentified girl was pulled from the River Seine at the... <laughs> Quai de Louvre. See? This is what yeah, we're talking about, it's guys. Just, I can see why you're marrying him. It's yep. a it's a Louvre. It's like a K, like a key on on a on a fucking uh, uh, body uh, of water river. Thank you. <laughs> Straight body of water, continuous. The River Seine. I can pronounce that one. Yeah, there you yep. go. Thank um, you, yeah, Mamma Mia. As you can imagine, this is in France. It's in Paris. Um, so this girl was estimated to be about sixteen years old. Um, they said due to the firmness of her skin, they were able to identify like around what age she was. Oh. Um, but many people thought that she had probably died by suicide because there were just no marks on her. Like, there weren't mm. any bullet wounds. There weren't any stab wounds. Like, there wasn't any evidence of trauma to her body. So they're like, how could this person have died besides suicide? Right. So um, 
Although it's been questioned whether the expression on her face could belong to that of a drowned person, because um, as you'll see, she has like kind of like a little bit of a smile on her face or a very, a very peaceful look. Wait, on her I'll face. see. Well, I mean, I can send you uh, what we're talking about, but you'll know once we get to the pop culture side of it. Um, but yeah, she just had this very peaceful look that it just looked like someone who was very at peace with what was going on. So obviously if you're like in distress or drowning, like you're, you're going to be smiling. No, your face <laughs> is going to show distress. Um, but yeah, this, this was just very peculiar for, um, how she was found. So she's so just going to she... look like that girl that was wrapped in plastic in Twin Peaks, basically. Yeah, What's pretty her much. name? Laura? Or somebody else, as we will get to. Okay. Uh, another pop culture reference. Um, but she is called... She was called L'Inconnu de la Seine, which means the unknown woman of the Seine. Okay. Yeah. Um, so at this time, it was customary that the body be brought to the mortuary to have it prepared for viewing to see if people would recognize um, this person and have someone claim their body. And unidentified bodies were propped up together in a window as just, like, a line of dead, nameless people. Like you're window shopping. Yeah, exactly. Like you're looking for a puppy in a pet store. It was literally just, like, put in a window, like, hey, you know this person? Because, like, they don't have cameras. They can't, like, (laughs) they can't, like, take a picture and be like, does anybody know this? Nope. They just put uh, preserved bodies in a window to see if anyone would recognize them. And. A contemporary account explains, quote, there is not a single window in Paris that attracts more onlookers than this, end quote. So obviously, it's the hot place to go check out to see if there's new bodies there. And Uh, um, despite the crowds, however, no one was able to identify this girl's body, or at least nobody came forward. Okay. Um, But while she was never identified by the crowds who attended... um, to see her body, uh, she didn't go unnoticed. Even in death, her serene ex- appearance turned heads. According to the story, one of those people was the pathologist who said, quote, her beauty was breathtaking and showed few signs of distress at the time of passing. So bewitching that I knew beauty as such must be preserved, end quote. Kind of creepy. Yeah, that's a little bit. Is this like, is this it's not a necrophilia situation? Shit? It sounds like it. Like, you know what I mean? Or like, no, that wasn't it. Snow White, when they were like, even though she was dead, she was still beautiful. Or even in death, she was beautiful. Or whatever the fuck that line was from the audio book that my brother listened to all the time when we were children. But Um, like the classic, like grim fairy tale of Sleeping Beauty, or not Sleeping Beauty, Snow Snow White. White. Isn't she like 13 or like 14? I mean, they're all basically like a teenager. A a little child. Yeah. But anyway, that's what they all basically are. Yeah. So this semi-creepy pathologist commissioned a death mask of the girl. And death masks were uh, common at this time. And it's basically like a wax plaster mold Mm -hmm. of the dead person's face. And these were like like a hot ticket item. Like you could buy a death mask and have it like displayed. Like you'd put it up on a wall. Like it was an art piece. Yeah, this shit makes no sense. Yeah, it was really fucking crazy. So... I mean, there were like this was France in the 1800s, and 
so uh, record keeping at this time or like the game of telephone of like who this person actually was kind of like spiraled after a while so there are different accounts of like who this person is and where this death mask was actually like came from or who it was so some other accounts state that the cast was taken from a young german mistress also said to be the man's natural born daughter who bore the child of of the mask maker who sold the cast and then committed suicide in the river Seine when her baby was still born so that's quite a story i'm that's 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 gonna take some unpacking so she is his mistress and also his daughter did i hear that right yeah okay i was hoping that's what this account says i was sincerely hoping i was just stupid no um there's a lot going on there that's yeah that yeah okay uh but nevertheless the identity of the girl was never actually discovered so she's still the unknown woman of the Seine river um in the following years numerous copies were produced and quickly became a fashionable morbid fixture in parisian bohemian society everyone needed to have a fucking copy of this mask it's like albert the fucking Camus. mike myers mask yeah or seriously <laughs> Uh, Albert Camus and others compared her smile to that of the Mona Lisa. Wait, 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 wait. Albert Camus? C-A-M-U-S? Like the... Yes. The, okay, okay, yeah. What the fuck did he write? Elliot. What What's did, up? What did Albert Camus write? Was it The Stranger? You are talking to the wrong person. All right, all right. Au revoir. Um, <laughs> never mind. I, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe, maybe I'll get to it a little later. Maybe. Um, he either Possibly. wrote The Stranger or Waiting for Godot, but I'm pretty sure Waiting for Godot was not written by Camus. I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm sorry I butchered his last name. I probably should have highlighted that one, too. No, I, I only know it because I, his book was one of the few that, if you were my teacher in high school, I'm sorry, I stole one of his books because I enjoyed it, but I assumed it was The Stranger. Yeah, I think it's The Stranger. Oh, well. Let's go with The anyway. Stranger. Well, he and others compared the smile to that of the Mona Lisa, which is the first pop culture reference. Um, and it invited numerous speculations as to the what the clues of the eerie, happy expression on her face could offer about her life, her death, and her place in society. Okay. The popularity of the figure is also of interest to the history of artistic media relating to its widespread reproduction because like i said it became like the hot thing everyone needed to have a fucking copy of this mask the original cast had been photographed and new casts were created from the film negatives so it's not like they were reproductions over and over and over again of the original mask it was reproductions of a photo negative of the original okay so it's kind of like when you make a Xerox of a Xerox. Yeah, it's not going to be super accurate. It's not super accurate. You lose a lot of details. But the ca- the reproductions of the cast actually display details that are usually lost in bodies taken from the water. But the apparent preservation of these details of the cast seem to only reinforce its authenticity. So it, that's another thing of why it's so popular is because the mask didn't just look like a blank face almost it it every copy looked like the original of this girl and everyone's like how could this girl have drowned because like all of her 
her features and everything look as if like it was taken from a live person pretty much right which i'll get to in a little bit uh critic al alvarez wrote in his book on suicide called the savage god quote i am told that a whole generation of german girls model- modeled their looks on her end quote Wait, according a whole to generation of german girls is this the virgin suicides no oh okay sorry we'll get to on. according to hans hesse hesse Hess? H E S S E? I would say, I, it, it would be Hesse if it was German, but I mean, University of Sussex is England, so who knows? All right. So I'm going to hey, say Hesse. Say, yeah, let's say it's Hesse. Hesse. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So according to Hans Hesse of the University of Sussex, Alvarez reports, quote, <laughs> L'inconnu uh, became the erotic. Erotic ideal of the period as Bardot was for the 1950s. He thinks that German actresses such as Elizabeth Bergner modeled themselves on her. She was finally displaced in the paradigm by Greta Garbo. Oh, we stand. She wants to be alone. I'm so with it. But she was like, she was like the face. Everyone's yeah. like, this bitch, I need to look like her. Yeah. Um, As of... 2017, a workshop called L'Atelier Lo- uh, Lorenzi, which I'm pretty sure is Italian, in Arquay. <laughs> they hey! made a plaster. They made plaster death, ma- death masks from a 19th century mold, which is said to be that of La Cunue de la Seine. Yes. Okay. But the face of. <laughs> You're not going to try <laughs> one. No, nope, not one time. La Cunue. <laughs> it's not that hard. I couldn't say. I don't even remember what the word Bonjour, was. You argued y'all. the other day that I couldn't pronounce something that was English. It was in English, and I just couldn't. I remember you were trying to get back at me. You knew what the word was, and you wouldn't tell me. I knew what the word was, and I can't <laughs> say it because I, I literally can't pronounce it. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. Marital bliss, marital bliss. Marital anyway. Bliss. I don't know where shoes. <laughs> so, inside. The face of this of this death, death mask, um, there was... Controversy as to whether it was actually a death mask or it was a mold taken from a live model. And BBC News reporter Jeremy Grange? 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 I would just say Grange. That sounds like a a Brit. I wanted to say Granger. No, but it's Grange. Um, Probably for the best. He said that while making a Radio 4 program about... The Inconnu. uh, With novelist Louise Welsh... Uh, they decided to show the mask to men and women who specialize in recovering drowned bodies from the Seine. Um, the Paris River Police, known as the Brigade Fluviale, which is literally like the brigade of rivers or like flow, Fluviale. Oh. River Brigade, essentially. R- river the brigade. River Brigade. That's what I'm going to call our girl group when our cycles sync up. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, Chief Brigadier Pascal Yaquin. Jacquan? Jacquan? Le quoi? Chief like Brig- the seltzer? Pascal Jacquin. Jacquin. Oh, I said it right. That that's, was pretty good. Pretty she close. got close, yeah. yeah. Jacquin. I took two years of French in the sixth grade and seventh grade. Anyway, um, he was less convinced that the girl uh, was dead when the mask was made, saying, quote, It's surprising to see such a peaceful face. Everyone we find in the water, the drown and the suicides, they never look so peaceful. They're swollen. They don't look nice. End quote. (laughs) Just getting right to the fucking point there. Just saying, everybody we pull out of water is gross. Is an uggo. Yeah. 
Um, over the centuries, artists and writers may have used the story of Ophelia and the Lady of Shalot. Shalot? Yep, Shalot. It's Shalot. Shalot. Yeah. Shalot. Um, to portray drowning as romantic and peaceful, but Pascal knows from years of dredging bodies from the Seine that the truth is very different. Um, even suicides fight for life at the last moments, and their faces betray that struggle. And the process of decomposition starts much more quickly in the water, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, one woman remarked, quote, uh, looks like she just fell asleep and is waiting for Prince Charming to come, end quote. Which is another reference, like we said, to, to, like, to Snow White and just, like, the, the sleeping prince Disney come. princesses. Yeah. yeah. She ain't um, drowned, she's sleeping. Yeah. With the fishes, but so, um, Okay. Not anymore. <laughs> um, other experts were consulted and seemed to agree that um, she just seemed too healthy and too vital for the mass to have been taken from a corpse. At a workshop in... Arque, uh Michel Lorenzi. Uh, he's the current proprietor, um, is mystified by the people's fascination with her. Um, he said, quote, this doesn't look to me like the face of a dead person. It's very hard to maintain a smile while a cast is being taken. So I think she was a professional, a very good model, end quote. Hmm. Grange says at the end of his article um, about the unknown woman, quote, for me, the story has two postscripts. The first came a few weeks after the program was broadcast in 2009. I was visiting uh, Edward Chambry Hardman's photographic studio in Liverpool, the National Trust's perfectly preserved time capsule from the first half of the 20th century where anyone who was anyone in Liverpool sat for portraits with Hardman seeing the mask on the wall of his waiting room. I asked the guide disingenuously who the woman was without hesitation. He told me the story of two sisters, identical twins who'd been born to liver into Liverpool more than a, a century ago. One of them, she said, had embarked on a love affair with a rich suitor and eloped in Paris, never to be seen again. Many years later, the other sister had visited Paris on holiday. Walking down the street, she was shocked to see the mask of the drowned girl hanging outside the Moulières? Mouleur. Moulures. Moulures. Is that a mask maker? That I'm not sure. Mold? Uh, mold, mold uh, like molding. Yeah, like a... Uh... I don't know casting, yeah. something us. like that. Uh, but casting couch. The what? God, <laughs> you're not allowed on the podcast anymore. You brought me in here. Um. So yeah, the face was um in the window of the workshop. Okay. Uh, she had instantly recognized the girl as her long lost twin, condemned or blessed to remain forever young while her sister grew old. I was captivated by the story. Once again, a tapestry of imagination had been woven around the enigma of the girl. And in this case, it had been given a Liverpool twist. The other postscript comes from the Oxford-based artist called John Gatto. Several years ago, he decided to create his own fiction for... L'Inconnu. <laughs> he constructed an apparently factual account of detective work and a trail of clues leading to the discovery of a turn-of-the-century visit... Um, sorry. Turn-of-the-century carte de visite in a Buenos Aires junk shop. I didn't highlight that one, so that was one I couldn't say. Um, this and other evidence supposedly proved finally and beyond a doubt that the identity of... L'inconnu. Uh, she was a Hungarian actress named Iwa Laszlo. Eva. Who, Eva. Eva. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Eva. with a W. Eva. Yeah. Eva Laszlo, 
who was murdered by her lover, Louise Argonne. Louis, yeah, Louis Argonne. Gatto put the story and his uh, quote-unquote supporting evidence online and moved on to other projects, end quote. Huh. Yeah, so this guy basically... Um, Solved it this guy Ger- Yeah. This guy, Jeremy Grange, basically did, like, a deep dive uh, research into who this person was and, like, is now hearing all these different stories. Um, so I guess, like, her identity is never really going to be known because everyone kind of has their own idea of who she is. Yeah. But you definitely know this face. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is, because this is, I'm not enjoying this. I just want to put that out there. Like, this is killing me that I haven't figured it out yet. Oh, you'll know. Because the face of the unknown, unknown woman was used for the head of the first aid mannequin, Recessa Annie. The so, fuck? I, what makes you think I took a first aid class? Even if you haven't taken a first aid class, you've seen one. Not, I cannot see it in my mind's eye. The only thing I can picture are those crash dummies that they used to use in Cars commercials. I wonder if her face is that too, but probably not. I'll have to look into it. That'd be terrible. But in 1955's Asmund Lairdal? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got nice. that one. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, Asmund Lairdal saved the life of his young son, Tor? I get Please these aren't these aren't name really Tor. names that that seem French. T O R E. Tor. T O R E. Yes. Fuck it. That's uh, he saved his great. son's life by grabbing the boy's uh, body from the water just in time and clearing his airways. Lairdell at the time was a successful Norwegian uh, toy manufacturer specializing in making children's dolls and model cars from a new generation of soft plastics. When he was approached to make a training aid for the newly invented technique of CPR, cardiopulmonary resuscitation, the combination of chest compressions and the kiss of life, which can save the life of a patient whose heart has stopped, um, his son's brush with death a few years earlier made him very receptive to it. He developed a torso or whole body mannequin, which simulates an unconscious patient requiring CPR. Lairdell wanted his mannequin to have a natural appearance. He also felt that a female doll would seem less threatening to trainees because no one wants to fucking put their mouth on a dude. Gay. Gay. <laughs> no, probably because you like. Got him. <laughs> see a woman in distress and you're like, let me help this person. She can't dude, possibly help herself. So no. I better do it. Well, it, it comes to the whole Sleeping Beauty thing and the whole Snow White thing again. It's yeah. like, gotta, it's, gotta kiss that face. Yeah, it's Can't what we've not. been just raised with. Also, off to- not off topic, I'm looking up these CPR dummies and never in my life have I seen such horrifying faces. So well, genuinely, were, I don't think I've ever seen this before. You have to look up the original Death Mask because she actually does have quite like a, a Mona Lisa type smile going on. Okay, because they all like look like me when I sleep with my mouth open. Well, it's also, it's reproductions of reproductions. Again, the Xerox over a Xerox thing. Yeah. And it's made in like a plastic type thing yeah. and the mouth has to be able to open so yeah it is kind of is it like the one that dwight schrute rips the face off of in the cpr class on the office elliot's, elliot's nodding, nodding his head pretty much yeah okay yeah okay that's all i'm picturing from now on so if anybody else wants to picture that too go ahead go for it um but remembering the mask on the wall of his grandparents house many years earlier he decided that L'inconnu de la Seine would become yeah. the face of Recessa Anne. 
Uh, for this reason, the face has been called the most kissed face of all time. Also, oh. f- finding out now that it's Norwegian, it it would be Lerdal. Lerdal. And his son would be Tore. 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 Tore, Laura, Laura. That's all my grandma used to sing to me. I don't know what it is. It's an Irish lullaby. That's all I know. Lovely. Uh, this is where Elliot's really going to come in clutch because there's some German that I... I it. My eyes cross when I look at it. <laughs> anyway. To be clear, I don't speak German. He's guessing. I just, I have an idea of how shit's supposed to be pronounced. I don't, I like through context clues, I could figure out what a couple things mean, but I'm, it's purely just pronunciation. I'm sorry, everybody. I lived in Europe, but I didn't live in enough parts of Europe to get the full experience i'm so sorry also that's i don't know what, what i'm Nemo saying is that's basically what i'm saying wait yeah. what who's yeah. i me are you, you referring yeah. to me <laughs> what are you talking about so for those who don't know including elliot apparently there's a lot of things that we'll discuss during childhood where we'll be like remember this tv show or this movie and you'll be like no I don't know that one. Okay, I've fucking seen Finding. I had the DVD. I watched it repeatedly. Excuse me, children? Can we fucking get back to this? Pick a better example. Jesus Christ. Ratatouille. I fucking see that too. Okay, children. Oh my God, all right. We're going to have a talk later. People already don't want us to go off topic. This is the most aggressive off topic we've gotten. Getting into more pop culture. Lots of shit was written about this girl. From many different places. <laughs> the first, English literature. The earliest mention can be found in Richard Le... Le Gallienne. Le Gallienne. Um, he wrote a, a novella in 1900 called The Worshipper of the Image, in which an English poet falls in love with the mask, eventually leading to the death of his daughter and the suicide of his wife. Which, oh, shit. Bit of a leap. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh haven't read it but good for you sounds like a ride yeah so um an image of l'inconnu can be used uh on has the cover been has been used god fucking damn it, <laughs> it doesn't make sense if you say can keep going keep going, going. Read more. Keep going. Don't learn. see what i mean about I mansplaining was, <laughs> i was uh affected by some jazz cabbage as i was writing this so <laughs> There might be some. No, there's things. nothing wrong with the writing. <laughs> some jazz there might be some, cabbage. Might be some things that don't make sense. Anyway, it makes sense. Has been used on the cover illustration for the family history mystery. Family history mystery. Okay, that was what? definitely right. <laughs> family history mystery novel. <laughs> Fucking hell. A habit of dying by D. J. Wiseman. This episode is fucking off the rails. Jesus Christ. In German literature. Oh, the, boy. <laughs> the protagonist. I wanted to not show Elliot this to make him, like, guess the words, because honestly, they're amazing. If anybody is German here, I'm so sorry, but I think Elliot has got it. So, the protagonist of Rainier. Rainer? Rainer? Rainer. R-A-I-N-I-E-R? R-A-I-N-E-R. I think it's Rainer, because my grandma's got a friend named Rainer. Rainer Maria Rilke. Rilke's only novel. <clears throat> die <laughs> Aufzeichnungen de, uh, des Malta Lauritz Brigge. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Am I in Ikea? <laughs> it's from 1910. Okay. And in it, it says, 
Quote, the caster I, I visit every day has two masks hanging next to his door. The face of the young one who drowned, which someone copied in the morgue because it was so beautiful, because it was still smiling, because its smile was so deceptive as though it knew. End quote. Oh, yes. that's a good one. In 1926, Ernest Benkard published Das Evige Antlitz, which is a book about 126 death masks, writing about um, the subject that she is, quote, like a delicate butterfly to us who carefree and exhilarated fluttered right into the lamp of life, scorching her fine wings, end quote. That's beautiful. Yeah, they're speaking super poetically about this dead bitch well it's like it's like the mona lisa too it's like oh yeah she's she had no eyebrows that's what's mysterious is, did she singe them did she have a waxing accident this is why they tell a accident <laughs> come on it's right in front of you oh so i'm mad at myself <laughs> this is why they tell women to smile more because they want to write flit like fluttery poetry about you even when you're wearing a mask yep Reinhold Conrad Muschlers. Yes. Oh, Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> 1934, widely translated, best-selling novel. Die Uberkante. Which is uh, The Unknown. No. Tells the story of the fate of the provincial orphan Madeline Levin. Levin? Sure. <laughs> who, has <Okay>. fallen, <laughs> who has fallen in love with the British diplomat Lord Thomas Vernon Bentick. And after a romance, commit suicide in the Seine when Bentick returns to his fiance. Oh. This novel was turned into a film of the same name, and it came out on my birthday in 1936. Oh, okay. After a romance, commit suicide in the Seine. I was like, why? When Bentick returns to his fiance. Like, oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> That'll do it. It's uh, it's a Romeo-Juliet type yeah. of deal. Yeah, like a star-crossed um, lover situation. You know, a Romeo and Juliet type. Yeah. <laughs> the movie has a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, wow. Um, other examples appear in Alfred... Do oh. I can't do that one. Doiblen. It's got an umlaut over the O, and those nope. always fuck me up. Nope. Yeah, you don't fuck around with an umlaut. No. Um, his essay of faces, pictures, and their truth, which translates in German to... Uh, von Gesichtern, Bildern und ihre Wahrheit. Right. I think that's right. Um, it was published as an introduction to photographer August Sanders' 1929 collection, Face of Our Time, which translates to... Antlitz der Zeit. Perfect. Hertha Pauli's? Sure. 1931 story. L'Inconnu de la Seine. Which first appeared in the Berliner, Berliner Tagblatt? Tag, Tagblatt. Tagblatt. Fuck it. I don't know, some some kind of a newspaper or something, like a tabloid. That's what Tagablat, that I strikes me as tabloid. No? Am I crazy? That sounds right. Sure. I'm not German, uh, but I mean, yeah. Ooh, they're coming for me. Can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, next one. Uh, oh, this has two umlauts. Erdern, uh, Erdern von Horvath. Uh, his play, based on his friend Hertha Pauli's story... The one we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Written in 1934 and entitled... Eine Ubekante aus der Seine. De sorry, der Seine. Yeah. Because it's the river. Of the river. Uh, Claire Gall's 1936 story... Die Ubekante aus der Seine. 
uh, in which the protagonist peers into the death mask and dies from a heart attack caused by delusion and guilt as he believes he recognizes the face as his daughter's, which is, that's quite a story. It's a nice, like, that that strikes me as like a Stephen King-esque deal. Like, he would write that. Yes. But make it like 1,300 pages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, casual. There was also U-boat commander Herbert A. Werner. Werner. Werner? Oh, yeah, because it's a W. Fuck. Uh, (laughs) Mentions having a copy of the cast on his wall in his parents' house in his memoir, Iron Coffins. And then Max Frisch? Uh, Yes. Yeah. 1955 play. The, uh... The... Oh, this is fucking garbage. The... The Chinesische Mauer. Yep. Fuck and me. That was terrible. And there it go our German listeners. L'Inconnu de la Seine. As one of several historical figures. Again, <sighs> very sorry. Um, there's also a Czechoslovak poet. Oh, fuck. V- v- Vítislav Nezval. And okay. he wrote a poem. Ooh, ne- I didn't <laughs> know Czech was coming into this. Neznama ze seni. Senje, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know Czech. He We're wrecked guessing. himself before he checked himself. <laughs> D minus. D minus. I like that one. I know you. You could do better. Anyway, um, that uh, poem was inspired by the story, and it was published in 1929. And then there was Vladimir Nabokov. Putin. Nabokov. Or that. Um, his 1934 poem. L'inconnu la scène. Written in Russian, was published in. Bozlednie Novosti. In 1934. Fucking nailed that one. <laughs> He's been playing a lot of Daisy. <laughs> Good call. Uh, it's been argued that this poem has much to do with the Slavic Slavic myth of Rush Rusalka Rusalka Rusalka, as with know. the mask itself. I don't know what that myth is, but now I am intrigued. I must, just, I must look it up. We're just fucking content. backpacking through Europe on this episode. We are. Like, <laughs> here we go. We're getting to America. Coming to America. I I don't know that anybody would want to come here right now, but that's okay. Probably not. We wouldn't R. let you. RBG. That's true. L'inconnu. Is referenced in William Gaddis's 1955 novel, The Recognitions. Um, and then there is My Heart for Hostage by Robert Hillier. Um, it also contains a scene where the protagonist visits a morgue to see if a... L'inconnu. Sorry. Is his beloved. Come on, I highlighted everything. Yeah, you did. That one with the... Okay, I'm talking strictly to Elliot now. That okay. one, is that Caitlin or Catlin? Caitlin. That's Caitlin. Yeah, that's, <gasps> but that's it's Irish. with a C. That's I'm Caitlin. It's with a C and the second I has a woo on it. A woo. <laughs> yep. I wish I was so fancy. Caitlin R. Mahar? Kiernan. Oh, shit, they were close. Writes about... L'inconnu. As the model of Recessa Ann in her novel, The Drowning Girl from 2012, the story is deeply tied to the themes and images of the book and has a 3.72 on Goodreads. Not bad. Um, it's also referenced as the origin of the CPR doll in Chuck... Pa- 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 I can never say his last name. Palinuk. Palinuk. It's the guy that wrote uh, Fight Club. Okay. That guy. Haven't pa- read Palinuk. it, but I've heard of it. Yes. Um, so in his book... Uh, sorry, in the story Exodus, in the book Haunted. 
Okay. Uh, he references uh, the CPR doll. Um, she's also referenced in Letters from Paris by Juliet Blackwell, who gave a speculative narrative of... L'inconnu. In the forms of flashback uh, and lending her name to... Lending her the name Sabine? Sabine? S- Sabine. 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 You actually unknowingly said it in an extremely Canadian French accent. Aww. <laughs> that came out of I was like, whoa, wait, what? I love surprising you with uh, accents that I don't know. <laughs> uh, now into French literature. I'm telling you, everybody wrote about what? this girl. Uh, Maurice Blanchot. 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 Who owned one of the masks described her as, quote, a young girl with closed eyes enlivened by a smile so relaxed and at ease that one could have believed that she drowned in an instant of extreme happiness, end quote. So orgasm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no one said that. No one was thinking it. Uh, Fucking Caitlin over here. Anyway, in uh, Louis Aragon's... Yes. Yes, 1944 novel. Aurelia, uh, l'inconnu. Played a significant role as one of the main characters attempts to rejuvenate the mask from various photographs. At the beginning of the, the 1960s, Man Ray, who is not the character from SpongeBob, he was an artist in France. Okay. Uh, he contributed photographs to the new edition of the work. In 2012, Didier Blonde wrote a novel called L'Inconnu de la Seine about a man in Paris who stumbles upon a copy of The Mask in, antiques, in an antique store and tries to find out more about the girl uh, it was modeled after. And um, the book was published by... Uh, Gallimard yeah. Blanche. I did some company name, I'm assuming. Good. Sure. There was also a ballet written about the, the this fuck? girl. In 1963, Bentley Stone, which I actually Great. love that name, Great name, choreographed a version of... L'Inconnu. To music by Francis Poulenc? Poulenc. Poulenc. Yes. Uh, for the Stone Camry Ballet, it premiered with a cast that included Ruth Ann Cosen sure. and John Krizza. Uh, the ballet was moved to the American Ballet Theater in 1965 with Cosen and Krizza reprising their roles and with Christine Sari taking the role of the River Girl. Uh, there's also a movie directed by Agnes... Agnes... Agnes? Agnes? It... The last name is Varda, so I'm thinking it's Hispanic, so, like, Agnes Varda. Okay. Maybe. Sure. Um, but the mov- the director talks about... La Connue. In her 1988 documentary, Jane B. Parr Agnes... Agnes V. Agnes v, v. Um, where she compares Jane Birkin's desire to be famous, but anonymous, as a state of... La Connue. Yes. There's also some music. We're at the last one. Fucking hell. This shit is everywhere. I'm telling you. That's why we're doing a fucking episode on it. It's like you guys know what the fuck you're researching or something. It's weird. Uh, L'Inconnu? Is track number four on the 2018 Beach House album, Seven, German bit-pop group. Vela Erdbal. Included the track. L'Inconnu de la Seine. On their 2017 album, is that even German? German? It looks German. Germanium. Uh, Gaud- Gaudiamus Igitur. 
It's it sounds Latin. Yeah. It's a 2017 album by a German bit pop group. What is bit pop? So this is a a complete guess, but people pop? like yeah, people like, who use like retro like, radio, like, like kind or of chip like to, not chip tunes, but like yeah, yeah, like do, 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 stuff do, do, that you do, would do. I should probably fuck it. You know what? Elliot doesn't know what he's talking about. That's a guess, and I'm gonna stand by it. Ooh, can we? Can we save that snippet, please? Just, Elliot doesn't know what he's talking about. Yes, can we just yes. save that? Oh, perfect. You know, I edit this, right? <laughs> he's gonna edit out the part where he says <laughs> yep, he doesn't know. Yep. I'm, I'm just gonna put this over my name, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's completely out of context. Anyway, there's one more song, and it's called Rescue Annie, and it tells a version of the story on Frank Turner's 2019 album No Man's Land. I think I've heard of Frank Turner. I definitely have. Um, but there are so many other references to her in so many um, different works that it's ridiculous. And I was originally drawn to this story based on um, her face being used as the Recessa Annie um, mm-hmm. model because, like, I was a lifeguard for a very long time and I did CPR classes and I've seen that face a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I thought it was a really interesting story. But then when you start really getting into like the other pop culture references, she's like a pop culture icon on par with Mona Lisa. Yeah. Like she's arguably as famous. Yeah. She's just not named. It's crazy. And the fact that she's still called the unknown woman kind of sucks. So what is this episode going to be called? Recessa Annie. Okay. Okay. That's why I said the audience will know what it is before you do. Yeah, I know. And I still wasn't completely sure which pop culture piece we were going with. So. (laughs) All of the Slavic ones. All of the above. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so that's that story. I'm sorry if it was like a little bit short, but we have a special guest. And also we're gearing up for Spooktober, which as you know, two episodes a week in October. And as we recently figured out, starts this Thursday. Next Thursday. It does. It starts next Thursday because yep. that's October 1st. And that we was were a not fun realization. That was a real fun realization that I had in the Stater Brothers parking lot. Yeah. Shout so, out to Stater Brothers. Uh, it's a lot of work. And if you've ever felt like uh, you wanted to support us, you can do that on our Patreon for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. And if you uh, like what we're doing and you want more of it, which there's going to be in October, and want to help us from not tearing our hair out, then go support our Patreon. You can if find the link on our website. Donate $50. Elliot will pronounce your name in your accent of choice. Sure. <laughs> Even if I don't know how to do it, I'll watch, I'll watch a YouTube video of a native speaker for 15 seconds speaking the language and then completely demolish your name. Yep, but I want Caitlin For the sake in of Bosnian. entertainment. Oh, fuck. I have no yep, idea. Yep. <laughs> I've got nothing. Do your our, research our now, bitch. Our building manager is Bosnian. <laughs> no way. Yeah, what does he sound like? Who? Our building manager. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he's a very slow-talking guy. He's he's an absolute sweetheart, but he's a very slow-talking guy. He is. Uh, like, well... 
<clears throat> shit. Don't say the name of where we live. Yeah, I probably shouldn't, right? Uh, <laughs> say my welcome name. To, welcome to welcome to New Jersey apartment. Uh, it's very happy to have you here. We would like to show you around if you can come between this time and the other time. It would be great. Happy to see you. Just very like. That's exactly it. The, the syllables are just like dot 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 dot. Like there's no there's no breaks in his speech or anything. It's just like. If you can imagine a tr like a, a coal train just chugging along yeah. up a hill, like that's him speaking. That's He's Peter. the little engine that could. Exactly. All He's of the little He's Peter delight. that could. Yep. He gave us money off of our, off of the, I can't remember what part. Application fee. The application fee. He waived the application fee because he liked that I was wearing an AS Roma jersey at the time. Aww. I was like, fuck yeah, Peter. You're awesome. He's like, it's normally $50, but for you Roma fan, I we just got it free. I was like, fuck yeah. Awesome. Anyway, again, this has gone off the rails. This episode is dedicated to Peter. It is. Um. Donate to our Patreon. You can find the link on our website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. If you can't find it, message us on any of our social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And not everywhere. LinkedIn. Not LinkedIn. And uh, we will personally send you a link and a digital kiss from afar. A socially distanced smooch. Yeah, of your choosing, depending on what country of, of origin you'd like there. Yep. Are we talking like a little kiss, kiss, cheek, cheek? Or are we talking the French kiss? Are we talking... What? We'll get to that <laughs> when the time comes. But anyway, uh, yeah, go to the website, join the Patreon, follow us on our social medias, uh, comment, subscribe, yep. and all that stuff Tell on us we're pretty. all the other places. And we will see you next Tuesday. Hell yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Join in, bye. bye.